Jesus said in John chapter 12, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That's what Jesus said. and That's what we're trying to do here at Emmanuel. Hello, my name's Pastor Bob Gray, and I'm glad that you've taken the time to join us for one of our services. Our goal here at Emmanuel is to lift up Christ, to lift him up so high that no matter where you're at right now, he will draw you closer to him. That's our goal. May you enjoy the services of Emmanuel. And if I can be of service to you, please let me know. God bless you. Enjoy the service. I looked at this and I said, you know, my days of screaming in one of those is gone. <laughs> and y'all, the old timers know what I'm talking about. I was told tonight that uh, I better give a shout out to my folks in church. Uh, they're... Uh, they're joining us tonight. They're following along with the live stream. And of course, I hope there are no audio glitches. We are now just in the process of trying to figure out how to make that all work. And you know how great technology is until it doesn't work. Uh, so, uh, so we're just, uh, we're, we're pleased. And of course, the Halls came tonight. They are our neighbors and great friends. And, uh, and I can't start mentioning people because I'll forget somebody tonight. And, uh, and, uh, Folks at home, I, I love you, and I wish I could be there. Before I begin my remarks concerning the ordination of Brother Doyle tonight, I want to take a few minutes and be completely transparent about my feelings. I don't think I could do this justice unless I did. I know that sometimes after I've spoken, I think back once I get home and I say, well, I sure wish I would have worded things differently. I didn't say that exactly the way I wanted to say it. And I always seem to be able to express myself a little more succinctly in writing than I do speaking. So um, if you'll bear with me for just a second and indulge me, I want to read something to you tonight. Tonight I stand here with mixed emotions. In one respect, I'm excited and thrilled to have a family like the Doyles as co-workers in the ministry. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Every man of God dreams of the day when he can assemble a team of great people. What's more, we have grown close to them and the kids because of our time here in this ministry working together. As I stand here tonight, I'm not only thrilled and excited, but I'm also actually really humbled that I would be asked to be part of this tonight. This is part of your church. Um, I thank my dear friend, Brother Gray, many years uh, for surrendering his pulpit on a Sunday night in order to preach this, serv this service for one of his own. Our families have been knit together for very many years around here. I am humbled to think that the Doyles would decide that my ministry was worthy of their sacrifice. And to be honest with you, I'm a little intimidated. I know who I'm going to follow. I know who his pastor is now. I have been in the employ of this man for whom I labored for several years. I have really big shoes to fill. This is a great ministry. And I'm not saying that because I don't know. I know I was here. 
And of course, the elephant in the room is going to be pastoring his daughter. It's a big elephant. <laughs> Not only am I excited and humbled and a little intimidated, but finally, I'm sad. Because I'm a dad. I have two girls that I love dearly. They likewise made a similar decision to follow what they believed God wanted. I remember how I felt. My wife and I were devastated. And I want you to know that I do not take your pain lightly. The family will miss the nearness. The church and the teens are going to suffer some from the separation. The thing that brings me comfort is to believe that the Doyles are secure in the fact that they are following God's leading. And thankfully that the move is only an hour away. Now I didn't feel right about speaking tonight until I said these things. I, I, I hope I've not been out of place, but I just felt like I needed to say that first. I thank you all for your kindness to, to my family all these many years. Now, if you'll take your Bible for a few minutes, and I don't intend to be very long tonight, if you'll take your, if you'll take your Bible and turn to Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1. While you're turning there, let me say that uh, I've been part of a couple ordination services in the past, and one of the things that the speaker is expected to do is to render a charge to the candidate. Um, I'm going to kind of dispense with that tonight. Um, I'm not going to charge anybody. I'm just going to offer a blessing and a hope. Um, when I first found out that I was going to do this, I went and sat alone in my office, and it wasn't five minutes until the, the, the thought came to mind. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I won't have you turn there, but I want to read a, an accompanying passage in 2 Timothy, his second letter to Timothy in chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the purpose, promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And then finally in Titus chapter 1, to Titus, my known son after the common, pay, common faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let me pray for just a second and then we'll get into what I'm going to say. Lord, you know my heart tonight. With all of my heart, I just want to be a blessing. I, uh, I really need your help to get through this tonight, Lord. I need a clear mind. And uh, I need you to help me to control my emotions tonight, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul took time to begin all three of these letters to a couple young men 
with a very special greeting. He said, mine own son, a dearly beloved son. I feel a little bit like I understand Paul some tonight. Because I would like to express that same feeling tonight. Brother Doyle knows he's like a son to me. And that's why it makes us this just that much more special. We work together around here underneath some buses and inside of them and in junior church together and around. And, and somehow or another, God just knit our hearts together. When God does that, it just happens. And when it happens, you know it. Paul begins all three of these letters, the ones that we would call pastoral epistles, he begins all of three of these letters with a greeting that includes a trilogy. And it must have been something very special to him because all three times he starts out and it's almost verbatim. I got to thinking about that. And tonight I want to talk to you and to the Doyle family and all of us tonight about this thing I'm going to call the bookshelf of life. For you, I wish you a life of peace. Any person that has grown up in the home of a pastor if they've been a parent that's been a pastor or been a child that has grown up in the home of a pastor knows that life sometimes, how can I say it, is a little complicated. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's complicated. Um, you know, every family has its own distinctives and has its own drama once in a while. But the thing that uh, a pastor recognizes right away is because he is here to help other people with their lives, their lives are usually filled with lots of drama. And usually their drama is to the point to where by the time they get to God with their problems, the wheels are off. And they're handing, they're handing you something that is almost unrecognizable and asking you to help them put it back together. And, and it's not that we don't want to do that. We do that gladly because that's why we're called, to help, help people, help direct people. And we do the very best we can to try to make sure that we never bring it home. But we do. And so I think maybe Paul was saying to these two young men, I want you to have a life of peace. As best as can be, the peace that only God can give. You see, we go through stages in life. Each season is a book in itself comprised of chapters. There are the earliest remembrances that we have of our lives. You remember trying to... to, to to, to think back. Your parents told you about something that you did when you were a toddler. And you strain to see if you really remember that or, or if it was just something that you have implanted in your mind because they told you. Then there come the innocent, toothless grammar school years. Then there are the awkward teenage and high school years. 
the promise of college and an early career. Then there's courting and marriage. Then the childbearing years while you're busy filling your quiver. And then there come the empty nester years. When you, lay, when you wave goodbye to the last one as they go. And for months, their, empty, their, their rooms are left alone and they become shrines that you pass. Remember, sweetie? Remember how long we left the rooms that way? Then there's the harsh reality of care and loss of aging parents. Many of you were here and watched us as, as my mama answered the call to heaven. Then there are the senior years, maybe alone waiting for heaven's call. All of those are seasons and the, the books, I believe the Bible says the books were opened. I think God keeps records. My desire for you is that these books and chapters are ones filled with peace. Paul recognized that as importance. Important. Let me take a few minutes tonight and tell you how I learned about a life of peace. When I first decided to follow the Lord years ago, I had a tremendous fear, tremendous fear of, of, the, of, of Armageddon and the war in the Middle East and anything like that. Um, I remember the morning that the uh, the Marine barracks in, Bur in uh, uh, Lebanon, can't, can't even say it now, in Lebanon uh, was, uh, was bombed. Oh, I have to tell you, immediately my heart was gripped with fear, and I, I slipped back. I had a home office, so I slipped back into that home office, and I sat there, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, Lord, I'm so tired of feeling uh, upset and, and worried and fearful, and I really, I really would love to have... I'd, I'd like to get rid of that. Can you help me with that? And no sooner had I said that than four words popped into my mind. And by the way, I am convinced with everything inside of me that it was the Holy Spirit bringing to remember something that I had heard. Even though I did not know at the time exactly what that was. Uh, the words came, think on these things. I knew instantly that that was a Bible verse. So I grabbed my concordance off the desk and started looking. And where did I find? I found that those verses were, were in Philippians chapter 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think, I'm sorry, if there be any virtue of being praised, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I felt like that morning that God literally pulled up a chair and sat down in my little home office beside me and was sitting there with his finger helping me as I read those verses. And the, and, and the lights of heaven went off in my soul when I recognized 
That's how you have peace. You, you, you pray and you lean on God. The Lord was telling me that day that I need to lean on him. And I started doing that. And then I found out that the best way to control your mind is with the thing I learned later on was called replacement thinking. You see, your mind is a very interesting thing that it can only think about one thing at a time. And with me, my wife says that because of my ADHD, it thinks of a lot of things very quickly in rapid succession. But you can only think about one thing at a time. And so I began to learn that that's how you control it. Now, that morning I was so excited. I went to church in my ignorance and my zeal. I went to the pastor and I said, Pastor, after the service is over, I want to tell the people something I learned today. He, hadn't, he didn't know me. We had a missionary that day. Missionary came and spoke like the one we had uh, tonight. And, uh, and, and when, uh, when he was finished, I walked behind the pulpit. And, and I told the story just like I told it to you, maybe in a little more detail. And then I sat down. The pastor asked the missionary to come and close the service. He came up and he looked. I was sitting right back, I think, back over in this area. And, uh, and he looked at me and he said, uh, he said, my brother, he said, um, uh, where, where do you pastor? Where do you preach? Or, um, are you, you're a gospel preacher, aren't you? And I said, no. And he said, well, I would consider it if I were you. And I got to tell you, the lights of heaven went off in my soul that day. And I knew, I had felt like God was calling me, but that was, that was a time when someone, someone had given me that recognition, the first recognition that, that I was to serve the Lord. God taught me that day that if I would put my faith in Him and lay my burden on Him, that peace, which I could not explain, would keep my heart. If I would learn the practice of replacement thinking... I could not only have the peace of God, but I could also have the God of peace. You see, I can't, I, I, I couldn't ask for anything more for you to have that kind of peace in the work that God has called you to. The final part of this bookshelf of life are the bookends. Every shelf has bookends to keep the books upright and on the shelf securely. The bookends of life are also found in Paul's greeting. They're grace and mercy. Grace is getting what we do not deserve, and mercy is not getting what we do deserve. You see, Paul understood what he was doing there. He said, look, I want you to have a life of peace. But he says it's going to be mercy and grace that's going to hem it all in. I wish for you God's greatest graces. I read the other day of teaching in the book of John, and it says grace for grace. There's about seven different interpretations of that. Uh, it's, it was, John was not really clear when he taught that. But, but I believe what he was saying was it's grace for grace. When you run out, he'll just give you some more. Grace for grace. And then, as a man of God, 
we need some mercy. Because I can tell you this, there have been times in my ministry where I have not always handled people correctly. We try. I don't know about others, but I know about the guy that's standing up talking to you right now. There are times where this man has needed mercy because he has not always handled people correctly. You see, I want God's grace, but I also need God's mercy. There are many times where God could have basically have judged me. I, I don't think I'd ever done anything in the ministry out of malice, but I can tell you that I have in my past made some pretty big mistakes. Tonight, as I said, it's not really a charge, it's just a blessing. My prayer and my aim is to do all in my power to help make all three of those things a reality in the lives of the Doyle family. A very wise man once said, I will never use my people to build my work, but I will use my work to build my people. And of course, it's exciting, but this relationship also may not be permanent. I was told very wisely by your pastor to expect change in that respect. But for as long as you hang your hat in Shreveport, and as long as I have my health, I promise to put you and your family before the work of any ministry and to always point your heart toward home. Thank you for being with us during this service. My prayer is always as I study that God would use his word to speak to people's hearts. And may you have a good day, a good week. Please know that if we can do anything for you here at Emmanuel, all you have to do is let me know. God bless you, my friend. Have a wonderful day.